Okay. Welcome to another episode of Queer For It, a podcast hosted by three queer friends living in Austin, Texas, bringing you a weekly dose of queer realness and laughs. My name... Oh, I choked. Oh, I choked right there. My name is Chris. I'm queer. I use she, her pronouns, and my Instagram is at the yellow bandit. I am also Chris. I'm a trans man. I use he, him pronouns, and my Instagram is at see the stars ablaze. I'm Maria. I'm a lesbian. I use she, her pronouns, and my Instagram is at punky gaga. Just filling in for Court because Court was busy. Also, she's so pro sex. I feel like it was a very natural, natural decision for us. And, uh, this week we have a guest. Um, Chris met him, so I'll let him introduce. <laughs> well, this week we have Ryan. Um, Ryan and I met via Instagram um, and got coffee, and then I was like, you're going to be on our podcast. And that's basically how it went down. So I will let Ryan introduce himself. Wait, I have a couple questions. Who messaged who? I messaged Chris. And what What was the context? What was You were just like, I think you're rad, or you were like... Hey, hottie, winking at you. Don't know your status, Jay. Wondering. No, not that one. Great, not that one. It <laughs> was the main one. Actually, no, I follow the... you. Yeah. Like, like oh, cool. The fangirl type one. Like, I really like your content. Uh, so well, that's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you just got on there and said something nice, or someone would drop into my DMs. You're <laughs> <laughs> <was> so dumb. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about sex education and mental health with Ryan. And so if you want to tell us how you identify pronouns, your Instagram, and then maybe a little bit about you. Okay. Uh, I identify as gender fluid. Pronouns are they, them, and he, him. Uh, I am a psychotherapist here in Austin, Texas in private practice. My private practice is called Pride Counseling Austin. Um, sadly, that's going to be shutting down at the end of April because I may be moving out of Texas. Sad face. Yeah. Um, but I opened a new coaching business for queer and sex positive communities called The Open Book Chat. Um, find me on Instagram at The Open Book Chat. Uh, yeah, I'm originally from Southern Kentucky. I've been living in Austin, Texas for about five years now. Uh, went to college, Southern Kentucky, grew up there, came out there. A lot of horrific stuff there. Yeah, <laughs> I bet that was really hard. I, um, not Kentucky, but. Um, Kansas. They close to each other? No? Everyone? No? Great. I mean, they're kind of close to each other. <laughs> they're both Midwesty. Is that close? Yeah. yeah. I was hanging out with some uh, some Arab friends that I have, and he was talking about going to Kansas for the first time, and he was like, no one looks like me there. That was the first place I ever actually experienced racism. I was like, yeah, dude, no one looks like you there. Yeah. They are not brown people. It's all white, white hill people. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. that's why I tell people about Kentucky. I'm like, if you can drive straight through this beautiful scenery, don't stop. Don't stop. That's about it. Just go. If you have to pee, hold it. Which part of Kentucky? Southern Kentucky. So it was a, I went to college in a town called Bowling Green, or Bowling Green, Kentucky at Western mm-hmm. Kentucky University. But okay. I grew up in a very small town called Beaver Dam. Beaver Damn. Take mm-hmm. that in. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's a creative name. Yes. Is, there, is there water nearby? Uh, I think there used to be, but then they were like, fuck you, beavers. And it's not a happy place. Like, it's white. Really? Um, but if you can, like, drive through it, mm-hmm. like the entire state, you can drive through it and only stop in Louisville or, as they say, Louisville in Louisville? Kentucky mm-hmm. or the mm-hmm. Kentucky Derby's Hill. Mm-hmm. The only place where stopping have so. you ever done any derby activities no really no okay 
I feel it, like you could rock a great hat. I wonder though. if it was like oh, a yeah. state I like could. fan thing, you know? Like all the people in Kentucky love the Derby. I know? think it's one of those things where people in Kentucky don't do it. Like if you're local, got it, got like it. you don't do it. It's Unless like, you're like in the city. Like if you're in Louisville, It's like for tourists and society yes. of, of the people that want to be of the Louisville. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but then most people hate it because like celebrities come in town. So like the streets are all shut down. And, oh, interesting. Because yeah. when I say it's, it's the big city in Kentucky. It's still like a third of the size of Austin, so oh, it's not that big. So it's not that big, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Austin is feels really small. Coming from Houston, Austin feels really small. You can like see Definitely. downtown. I met a guy the other day, and he was like, he was like, oh yeah, I visited Houston. I saw a bunch of buildings, so I pointed over there and was like, was that downtown? My friend turned me around and was like, no, that's downtown. <laughs> <laughs> Just huge buildings everywhere. Yeah, everything looks like downtown. So Austin seems teensy. Yeah. Austin was nice. It's a weird version of Nashville. It's nice. Because I live 30 minutes north of Nashville for the longest time, so that was always where we went. Tennessee, great state. Again, not mm-hmm. the best people. Um, sorry for <laughs> um, I don't think they. I don't think they get us in Tennessee. Yeah. No. <laughs> not, not the best non-queer it's people. Banned. I'll put that. I don't know if they get the gay or in Tennessee. From Spotify, our episode on Spotify always cuts out. and like... But it's like the live country music capital of the world. Yes. So moving here, it was kind of like that cool switch of seeing it has the same vibe but less country, which is better. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'd love Absolutely. more country. Interesting. What did you do uh, in in college? Did you study psychology and or what did you study to get to where you are? So as my bachelor's degree is in communication studies mm-hmm. with a. Um, Special specialization in nonverbal communication, mm-hmm. um, and then I was about to graduate, and I was like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do. So I don't have that aha moment. Like uh-huh. this is why I became a therapist. It was like I, uh, what am I going to do with this degree? Mm-hmm. So and then I found the counseling department. I was like, I could rock this shit, mm-hmm. and I applied and got in. So I do not have a touching aha story. You applied and got in where first? At the counseling? same university. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then would you be, would you have been counseling like your peers or this was when you graduated and you were counseling students at the college? So this is, that, that was when I became a graduate student. Okay. Um, and then I worked, it was a two and a half year program. And then the second half of the program, you start your internship. Um, and I wanted to do it not in that town because where everyone was doing it was a small it was a medium-sized city, but it's like the size of Round Rock, which mm-hmm. is almost a big city in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which Round Rock is basically the a lights neighborhood. Of, the yeah. lights yeah. of Round Rock, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like please. one whole bar and an Ikea. Well, they do have, right, Ikea, though. Is the big, what is it? Do, isn't there a hockey city? The Grizzlies play up in the Round Rock? <laughs> the Grizzlies play up in the Round Rock? Y'all know? Great. Just me. Um, Hockey, there's a, y'all. There's an, there's an HEB Center in Cedar Park. That could be it. Yeah. <laughs> Which where um, there's a hockey team that plays there. They're neighbor cities. All right, (laughs) continue. Geography is my my expert twice. (laughs) (laughs) Freaking good. Figure out how people got to the where they were. Yeah, and I didn't know what I wanted to do in like in grad school. Like we all knew we were going to be therapists, Mm -hmm. but like what was specialization? So I knew it was going to be sex. That was my original cool um, one. But then I originally did not want to work with teens Mm -hmm. because teens is my primary. primary specialty now mm-hmm. and I was like I don't want to do teens why not <laughs> um, because parents are a pain in the ass oh. which is still true to this day um, but like teens are worth it but then in my first internship which I did two hours away 
from the town that I went to college in like one way drive. So it was a four hour, so four hour drive. round trip drive. Yeah, four, di- or four days a week. A lot of singing to yourself yeah. in the car. <laughs> it was. I had playlists yeah. for different days. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's y'all's jam. I know. I was like, I know that's my bag. That's your jam. Okay. And I, I did it in a town called Elizabethtown. Um, if you've ever seen like the Orlando Bloom. Yes, I was going to say, yes, is it that yeah. movie? Yes, that's where they filmed it in one part of the city. Like, it's only, like, one tiny, like, Like park. better-looking part of the city, or, like... And then when they left the city, (laughs) that part no longer looked like that. They spruced up the city (laughs) to look like that, and that one part, and then they left. That's amazing. And that's why everyone's like, oh, my God, I always want to go there. And I was like, no. (laughs) Just watch the movie. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just watch the movie. Like, just, like, eat breakfast while you watch the movie. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's better. (laughs) Yeah. And I originally worked at an addiction side of a clinic Mm -hmm. there, and, like, figured out real fast like you didn't want to do nope. that yeah, yeah. it's like i don't mesh well and i think with that population it's very important for mesh it's important for any population to mesh well but mm-hmm. especially trauma and mm-hmm. um addiction and all of those types mm-hmm. um and then my supervisor at the time who i'm still very close to was like who do you not want to work with and i was like teens and she was like great your next client's gonna yeah be exactly totally and i was like Fuck. Like, cool. <laughs> Thank you for helping me grow. Also, I hate you so much right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then my next, my first client was a trans teen. And that's how I found my specialty. Mm-hmm. I like sat down and of course it was Southern Kentucky. So it was not an accepting environment. Um, so yeah, I quickly became known as one of the few therapists um, in like a 50 mile radius who would do affirmative therapy. Mm-hmm. So I started I got done with my like internship hours really fast once that work got out. And affirmative therapy is just like, is that just like more encouragement versus? Um... More encouragement, more knowledgeable, not reparative therapy. Mm-hmm. Like parents mm-hmm. weren't mm-hmm. sending mm-hmm. queer kids mm-hmm. to you hoping they would get fixed. That's sort of usually parents. what I heard. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It was like fix my child. Because at that point it was in that facility took insurance. Mm-hmm. So it was basically just fix my child. And I was like. Mm-hmm. No, it's probably going to be more fixing you. But. I mean, that's what that's what I love. The famous Caesar Milan always says about dogs, like animals in there, right? And their owners, he's like, hmm, it's not your dog that's broke. You know? Like, Parents get a little pissy when you say that. I know, and you can't. You can't present them like that. They will immediately be defensive. They'll be like, you calling my child an animal? Uh, yeah, right. It doesn't work, but I think Caesar's got it right. I know he's talking about people. Right? He's like, get it together. The whole show is a metaphor. Yeah. yeah exactly. All those You're dogs, trash. All those dogs are only fake misbehaving. Yeah, they're, they're, they're dog actors. Yeah. yeah. The scene cuts and they're like, Whoa, is that good? Like, you want me to chase that twice more? I am. Yeah. Uh. What's the sound of our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Just been sighing at you a lot. Oh, God. Uh, okay. So you got your hours because you, um, affirm- you were a affirmative therapist. Yes. Is that how you say? Yeah. And um, post hours. So you're done at Elizabethtown now, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now where do you go? So that is when we had to decide to move here. My husband got into UT Austin for his PhD. Were you guys married at the time? Yes, we've been married. It will be 12 years this March. Yes. Yeah. That's really incredible. Yeah, did you. you, as a young person growing up where you did, did you have a hard time coming out? 
Was there anything like that for you? Um, yes, to the community. Yeah, to okay. my family, I had a very supportive family. Okay. Um, cool. So it was like, okay. I came out to my mom and she was like, yeah. <laughs> Checks out. I yeah, yeah. came to my sister too. She was like, yeah, no, um, no shit, is that all you want to say? Yeah. I'm fucking playing Mario. I was like, oh, got it, doesn't yeah. matter, doesn't matter. <laughs> and I originally came out to my mom as bi. Don't we And she was like, <laughs> and she looked at me and she was like, it's a stepping no. stone. <laughs> <laughs> like, try again. I don't She's see like, it's cute of you to try. But she goes, right, like, babe, oh. I'm going to walk out, walk back in, let's start over. That's basically what it was. She was like, no, and I was like, okay. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, and then she said something very profound and um, was like, don't step on somebody else's identity to get to your own. Oh. Yeah, which was a big thing. Mom, yeah. what yeah. got an angel. Okay. Oh like, my gosh. Right, she's mom. like, this is not your space yeah. to take yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, She's like, don't you dare attack these bi people with yourself. You be you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> don't you put this on bi people, Ryan. <laughs> and not knowing, like, they were laying the foundation for months before that. Like, we got the logo channel. Like, yeah. we went up to the premium package just yeah, for the logo channel. Where my dad gosh. wanted to watch, like, Queer as Folk with me. And Stop. the Buffy the Vampire Slayers on the channel that just had the hot guy yes. scene. Yeah. And, like, it. Out Magazine and stuff were on the coffee tables with, like, the home living and HGTV. Oh, my gosh. I'm obsessed with your parents right now. Yeah. Totally. We, awesome. yeah, kind we people. should have them over. Yeah. That's so beautiful. <laughs> and that was where I told my mom not to tell my dad and then we were in the car for the groceries and she waited like two weeks which was a <laughs> it's lot probably an eternity in that relationship yeah. for them yeah, yeah and yeah. she finally turned to my dad and she goes well she turned back to me and she was like Ryan I can't she turns to my dad and she goes Rick your son has something to tell you and I was like ah Thanks, okay mom. and my dad's like a marine like a quintessential what you would think of a marine and I told him and he was like yeah <laughs> Tell us when you started having sex so we could like make we sure you keep getting it. checked out and stuff. Oh and I was like, well, <laughs> you were that. like, okay, well, yeah. And that's when I was like, well, it's exactly when I start doing that. I was like, I'm, I guess we need to make that appointment. And my mom was like, all right. I have an older brother and she was like all right i got two sons through high school without getting a girl pregnant even though my youngest is a sophomore i'm still a successful american mom uh, yes so let's do it yes she is especially in what beaver town or beaver Dan. Dan. Beaver Dan, beaver Dan, my bad. i'm now close Be- beaverville beaver so you were like 15 i was 14 14 no, fi- no 14 when i started having sex 16 15 when i came out okay. cool God, I was such a loser. I didn't have sex when I was like 20. I know. You're a a special case love. You hadn't met me yet. Um, And so you mentioned you were gender fluid. Uh, Mm -hmm. Have you come out to your parents as gender fluid? And if so, how was that experience uh, compared to coming out as just gay? I never really had to tell them. Mm -hmm. Um, They've always known. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that's what led them to be like the... Yeah response mm-hmm. um, that they knew. Uh, I've told I've told my dad since and my mom died in um, 2015 very unexpectedly. I'm so sorry. Um, so I haven't didn't have a chance to have that conversation mm-hmm. with her but he's known. He lives with my husband and I here now in Austin. Oh my gosh. Um, so you guys are tight. That's yeah. so, so sweet. Because like, I usually only wear heels. That's my like gender fluidity. Like yes. I don't do makeup or anything because that shit's complicated and take a long time. Like it I is- start and it's like Oh my no. God, so good. You put one swipe on you, like, I gotta fucking start right. over. This is bullshit. <laughs> no. So he'll send me, like, um, 
pictures of like shoes he finds online and stuff every once in a while. So. Oh my gosh! Oh. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. I know. I'm so I'm so jealous. I'm so like happy for you. Yeah. And then I'm so jealous again. <laughs> <laughs> incredible parents. That's in, that's amazing. I have um, lots of my family's in the military, and I had I had a feeling that my little brother like would change when he went off to be a marine. Um, and when he came back, he was only like a, just a more incredible young man who had so much more capacity for people mm-hmm. and just had seen so much in the world. I was so proud of him. I was like, you're the coolest. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. I think there's a there's prejudice there that happens. And yeah, whatever. We don't have to talk about it right now. But it sounds like your dad was also incredible. Yeah, that's, that's what really my sick. dad always said about the Marines. He was like, it doesn't make people into dicks. Like it no. just makes people into more of a dick. Yeah. yeah. If you have to already yeah, be a dick, like at. it's just totally. going to like bring out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's amazing. That's cool. I realized until we like did the intro that like I I don't think that I asked you your pronouns when we hung out and then I was like fuck I was saying he this whole time and then you said you use they them and he him and mm-hmm. I was like I was about to feel real fucked up. <laughs> you know I felt bad for I, one you, second. I usually like lead with yeah, that. Yeah, you, you nail it. I usually, you often and I was nail just it. like, man, I, I assumed. But okay. But it's also just a note, you know, like have a spot of grace for someone who maybe gets your pronouns wrong because they just, you know, they don't know. I did notice your heels when we hung out, though, and I was like, yeah. It worked. I didn't notice them when you came in, and then when you left Halcyon, I was like, (gasps) just, like, strutted out. (laughs) What kind of heels do you like? What are your your special? I really more like boots than anything like I'm wearing. Um, Spiked heels are Those are complicated. (laughs) So these are my fives, and they're my favorite. But, like, when we met, first met, I just got done at, like, Orange Theory. Um, I did, like, a 2,000-meter row, and then I put (laughs) these shoes on. Like, I was changing in the car to get ready, and, Uh Like, like, oh my God, I'm meeting with someone I followed for a long time and put on the shoes. And I got up after our meeting, like after an hour, and it was like, oh God. And I was like straight face and I turned to walk out. I didn't know my husband was in the coffee shop at the same time. Like, I, I thought I was going to have to pick him up. And I texted him. He's like, I'm in here. And I was like, I already left him. I'm going back in. <laughs> and my ass is clenched, like trying You're not like, to look like I'm in pain while I'm like, walking away. My calves did me a service and they're not going to work anymore. So. And he was like, come sit with me. And I was like, fuck you. I was like, you come to the car. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I had no idea that you Uh, Currently, Ryan is wearing heels taller than any I own, so (laughs) that's good. (laughs) Same. You're on Maria's level over here. Yeah. (laughs) I actually barely wear heels. They hurt. They hurt. You know, I have them, but God, I feel like a performing monkey wearing them. You know, I'm just like... Do you feel so powerful when you wear your heels when you march around? Usually. They have to be the ones that are hard-soled, so when you walk, they clack. Totally, Uh, yeah. Oh, man. When I'm the only person walking down the hallway, I'm like, here. I am. I know. You can hear me. Yeah, it's that's amazing. That's amazing. I try to. I like that sound as well when they're spiked heels, but then it takes too much concentration to sing that song in your head. Yeah. Like when you're walking, you're like, "Don't fucking fall, ankles! Don't fail me now!" Because yeah, the moment like, you lose concentration, it's like snap. <laughs> when I'm, oh my god! When I'm walking, literally in my head, I'm like, I was in marching band. I'm like, heel arch balto, heel arch balto, heel arch balto. Here we go, here we go, go forward. It's, it's That's incredible. how I walk because I was in marching band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like heel arch balto, heel arch balto. <laughs> I just walk. Yeah, I just walk. Yeah, some of y'all got it. Easy, okay. 
My sister was in ballet lessons. My mother put me in walking lessons. <laughs> You're yeah. kidding. No, I was uh, flipping, falling all over the place. My poor face almost didn't make it here. <laughs> it was not. It was, oh my. I've had like size 12 feet since I was like a four-year-old. That's yeah. not true. But it felt like that, it's right? pretty hard to navigate And then when those. I got into fifth grade, I had C's. You know, for boobs. Mm-hmm. So I just wasn't, I wasn't supposed to stay upright. Like, I was just <laughs> waiting to fall on my face. <sighs> Bless. <laughs> I know, there's like some other. We're so proud of you for like, getting good at it. What is that? Like, <laughs> thank you for like, being here. Like, uh, my big fat Greek wedding, you know, she talks about being a swarthy six year old with sideburns or something like that. I know that there's some other, like, Puerto Rican, Bolivian, or like half Hispanic girls that are like, oof, I get it. I'm a, I've been a gordita crunch since I was four. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I'll grow out of it when I get to like 19, but God, it's so hard that first <laughs> while. It's <laughs> good shit. Okay, so you are in, uh, where are you now? Right here. No, not this second. Yeah, oh, that's right. You, in the story, we've moved to Austin. I'm sitting here. We're in Austin, and he's like, I'm real. <laughs> you've moved to Austin just with your fiance recently because he got into UT in the story. Husband. With my husband. Husband, sorry. Yes. He was your husband at the time. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Was Since he 2008. studying? <laughs> yeah. Was, was he studying years. at UT? He's studying um, Asian studies. Oh, cool. Yeah, so he studies. Very um, specific, I remember. I remember I so I'm that. not going to say it right. And in a recording, he's going to be pissed when he listens to it. Because <laughs> I never say it right. And um, I'm sorry, honey. <laughs> This is going to be a long conversation after this. <laughs> He's going to be like, how many times have I told you what I studied? And you're going to be like, I don't know. You're like, no, I promise I got it. In my, in my sense, yes. I say that he studies um, toxic masculinity of rickshaw drivers in Sri Lanka. Interesting. Yes. So okay. he spent 2018 in Sri Lanka mm-hmm. um, hanging out with rickshaw drivers, which was mm-hmm. fun for him. Mm-hmm. I bet. Yeah. I just like sort of <laughs> gathering data, learning about that personality type. What was yeah. he specifically doing? Well, that was just his research for his, writing his dissertation. Got it. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, so Interesting. he has a lot of different things. Like, he just finished writing a chapter on, like, um, using using Pokemon and that community. Mm-hmm. Like, so he wrote an entire chapter on Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. um, using it in cities, and he'll write another one on, like, um, using Grindr in a city like that. Interesting. And, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that sounds really fascinating. I know, I'm like, yeah. I'd like to read his <laughs> dissertation. He spent a year there. Did y'all spend the whole time long distance? Uh, for most of it, we only saw each other once in that year. In March, for our 10th year anniversary, we met in London to oh. celebrate our 10th year anniversary. I just got goosebumps. Wait, okay. How much does it cost to fly to Sri Lanka? From here? Yeah. Um, I want to say it was like $1,400. Nah, oh my gosh. That's a, I'm not taking $1,400 It's too late. It's, it's too late. I mean, not to do often, but I was like, that's not as bad as I thought it would be. But I mean, to visit, like, like to visit a boyfriend who's some, okay, oh, yeah. so twice, that's a $1,500 trip. Just, or that's, sorry, oh, I didn't three cage. I know you didn't, but I was trying to, oh. I was like, I know mm-hmm. y'all didn't, I know y'all didn't see each other for like a year. That's $3K, just <laughs> visit twice. And that's, I guess you wouldn't have had to pay to stay, but it's not like eating or any of the other stuff, right? That's well, true. $5K to visit that. That's that's not there's if the national average income is thirty five k you know like that's tough yeah yeah so I'm and impressed there was the option of going with him for the year yeah that was quickly interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not as adventurous in that sense or it's hotter than it is here God. oh really and I already hate Texas for the for heat the air. Mm-hmm. and I was like no so I'm gonna be hot. I'm already real queer when you look at me. <laughs> and I can't openly talk about sex. I'm like, 
No. Um, yeah, and you're like, what friends am I going to make over there? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So I was like, I'll stay here. We'll meet oh, up wait. in London. You come back, you better fucking come back. And, yeah. <laughs> totally. That's fair. I would, honestly, I would have made that same choice. I'd have been like, no, 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 let's do this. Let's yeah. see if we can make this long distance, yeah. you know? And what was this your This is your experience? journey. <laughs> yeah, so, and, I'll, and I'll have some, probably you had some accelerated growth yourself that year. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Yeah. Um, we, the time apart wasn't actually the hardest because he lived here in Austin for a year while I still lived in Kentucky. He started yeah, his PhD okay. while I was mm-hmm. finishing. So we had like some trial runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was hard, but like it was like a 13 hour time difference. Mm-hmm. So it actually made it really easy mm-hmm. to talk to each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just scheduled that um, and that made it easy. It was just like being apart, like everything you did together yeah. then you had to do separately yeah so it was a good growing year yeah um the sex was a big thing yeah Honestly, i know yeah. i'm like i like hope you three, got him like a real fancy flashlight before he left yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? like three months and like this we gotta talk about something else. <laughs> 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 that's so funny well you talk about sex like every day though so it's not yeah. really like a thing you can <laughs> you like gotta keep it yeah you're like cool 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 it's just yeah. Abstinent year, basically, or I don't know what y'all agreed upon, but yeah, totally. Yeah, you could have had. I was just thinking, should I ask him about agreement? And I was like, mm, it's not really relevant to the conversation, but I yes, think it we, is. Yes, we I had think an it agreement. is. Yes, perfect. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have a very good friend who has a boyfriend long distance, and they have an agreement when they're not together. Yeah, so that because like why. You know, with if you hold your partner's like uh, no sex hostage, you're just asking for it to not work. Yeah. You know, yeah. So our one agreement was come back and tell each other all about it. And, oh, like, that's share it okay, that. sure. So we could have that bonding yeah. experience, which was really nice in that way. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard that. I've heard more like the don't ask, don't tell, right? And then um, listen to a lot of Dan Savage, you know? And it's like, hey, man, if I don't find out, go for it. You know, you're going to bring back that spice anyway, so. See, I want to know everything, and I'm like, okay, what spice do you want to bring back? Yeah. <laughs> what, what spices are better? you bringing back? <laughs> yeah, I will get the cream. What's happening? Yeah, I it? definitely would want to know, because I'd be like, where'd you learn that trick? Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to be in my head about it and be like, all right, all right, now we're talking about They're it. Like, what do you look like? <laughs> yeah. Okay. They're like, that's the Sri Lankan lawnmower. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> did you, you know? How'd you pick that up? Mm-hmm. Watching? Yeah. Just watching the YouTubes? <laughs> no, I'd probably want to know too. I mean, I think, like, if it's your partner and you have that trust, I think it's, like, hot. You it's know? Sexy, so, yeah. yeah, totally. It's a big bonding experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, well, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. I'm still I'm still working on that. My my ex and I were open for the last year, and we actually did go see a, a counselor. And that's something that we discussed. Like, the first thing, she, the first question she had for us about our open relationship was, how do you communicate about it. Are you an open book about it? Um, my ex wanted to know about it, like actually to the point where turned her on. For me, not so much. I'm like, I'm, aw- I like to know where you're at for safety reasons, etc. But I'm not really interested in the details. It doesn't really do anything for me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, I'm, I'm aware, and I, you know, I'm okay with it. But um, I, I don't. I'm not so much of a details person. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and think- that's interesting because I'm, vi- I'm an open book, and <clears throat> with my friends, very, very open, but. Uh, just something about that. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I think a lot of couples feel like it needs to be 100% equal. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone has to do the same thing, but I'm yeah. like, as long as it's equitable and everyone feels totally. like they have the same investment, like, one person can want something that another person can't, totally. and it's fine. But it's mm-hmm. like that um, mono mentality. Such a good word. Yeah. yeah. 
that mono mentality that everything has to be the same, which is completely great for some people, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Because totally. you're all different, you know, so it's always going to be, uh, you know, the, the someone's... Uh, you know, one person receiving the information is going to take it a little bit differently. And so for her, she, um, I don't know, she is very into like the, uh, you know, group sex and all of those mm-hmm. things. And I kind of like to date people one-on-one separate from my relationship. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, polyamorous and open relationships are, you know, come in a million different uh, versions. And I think that also is just because of our relationship, like our interaction, our trust with one another. I think that with another partner maybe I could I could do that and have that communication but yeah mm-hmm. you know. y'all had a little bit of trust breakdown which made it hard. yeah yeah there were struggles with that so I think that that affected it but mm-hmm. yeah yeah community yeah I always like to I don't know right you probably hear it a lot like a lot of people just think relationships come in you know the one form and if you don't fit it and there's something wrong with you or like uh, if you don't fit it you better figure out how to you know versus like actually we can just talk about this and our relationship can feel like whatever the fuck we want and the rules can be however we feel you know and that's completely fine but truly until I was like I didn't come to that until I had listened to like the Savage Love Cast for like maybe six months or something and I was like oh shit people just be out here having all kinds of shapes of relationships Mm -hmm. I totally (laughs) thought there was just one shape of relationship and I was just going against it (laughs) I was against it for so long like most of my friends are polyamorous and like have been for years like before it's even started being talked about and I was just like no absolutely not like I I would not be okay with that Mm -hmm. and it's Mm -hmm. just kind of crazy how you change totally right I was the most monogamous person yes in the day this model from LA you know who we lived together and then she wanted more and then I was like no you know and then I saw some you know finally some girl tickled my fancy and I was like hey we should talk about that thing yeah. <laughs> you know right <laughs> totally and then you know and then you figure I think it's a lot of trial and error the first time you're doing something oh, yeah. like yes. that and yeah. I also think what is that something that's important in relationships like if you and your partner decide to do something and you guys go do it and your feelings get hurt it doesn't mean that like y'all did something wrong or that didn't work you know it just means that like you need adjustments in that process Mm -hmm. and you guys didn't specifically set out to hurt each other and even though someone might be pained like you know that's just like you're not gonna be perfect at everything the first time you try you know that's a lump take it talk about what did or didn't feel good talk about how you could or could not make that better you know and then try it again a little bit later yeah 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 and I actually found articles online that were super helpful. So like when I first had that thought of like, I'm curious about experimenting with other people, like how do I bring this up? It feels almost like you're coming out to your partner because it can go either way. Either they, you know, it's the end of the relationship and they want nothing to do with you or they're gonna <laughs> yeah. be super down for it. So I was like, okay, this can, you know, go either way. And initially we made, uh, you know, the uh, your boundaries, you list your boundaries. Mm-hmm. So things that you are interested in doing, things that can be discussed and things that you're absolutely not okay with. And um, you don't really know what, what I found was in the beginning, that was a really short list. We did not know what our boundaries were because we'd not, ventured out and actually seen how we'd react and then throughout you're like okay I didn't like that 
or I loved that. Or actually, I'm you know, uh, I'm, cha- I'm the feelings that I've had have changed, and now I'm actually yeah, t- curious. Yeah. I thought I wanted to hear about this. Actually, I think I don't want to hear about it. Right. You know? Right. Or actually, you said a little something about it, and actually didn't bother me. And and so when we made our li- we remade our list a year later, and that list was actually completely different. It was almost the complete opposite. There are probably one or two things out of like 30 that had stayed the same out of all the curiosities we can discuss and like don't want so that's very interesting like how quickly you can change um just just throughout that process and meeting other people who are also in open relationships obviously Mm -hmm. and uh with their experiences yeah so tell me the level of like communication it requires people don't expect Oh yeah, that's, that's the bane. Like that's the bane of it. Yeah. Be yeah. willing to let let them see that like very soft part of you and be like, look, here I am. Here's what I think I want. Mm-hmm. Tell me yeah. what you think you want. Maybe we can do it. Yeah. And there's a lot of good books. Like Opening Up is a fantastic book for people to read if they're mm-hmm. curious about opening up the relationship. Yeah. And knowing that there's different levels of it. Like you can have an open relationship where sex is fine Absolutely outside of the relationship, but not be polyamorous. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Like my husband and I had the decision where we're like, we're no, poly's not for us. Like it's mm-hmm. too complicated to date or to marry your ass. Like I can't bring anybody else into this. Totally. But that works for us. Totally. But knowing that there's like different levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I heard the the term slightly ajar, and I love that. And I like I think that that's oh, a really that's good cute. yeah instead of open instead of open mm-hmm. slightly ajar, um, <laughs> where it's like I'm gonna discuss this with my partner, you know. But polyamorous, I think, um, not saying that I could never be capable of it, but I don't know that my heart has the capacity to do that. Yeah. I think that I kind of emotionally give myself you know to one person and uh yeah it's complex who has the time who has you know the the, i know when in love i require a lot and i expect someone else to do the same and so i just don't think that i have the time for for it you know but i mean you did for a moment right you tried to sort of see two people i tried maria and i I met because i met the girl she was dating and they invited me to date them Mm-hmm. Nice. Totally. And that was actually her decision. Yeah, so, that was, yeah. Because we were just open. It's supposed to be very casual with our our um, other partners. And it had been for me, and I, I loved it that way. I was just like, yeah, no, this is my girlfriend, and I'm not looking for another girlfriend. I just want to have fun and uh, kind of go with the flow and not feel guilty about it. Yeah. And uh, for her, you know, she she was, like I said, curious. You know, she likes the group thing, a triad. She was very, very into that idea. And I was just like, I don't know. Sounds like it's going to be messy. And, you know. And I was like, here we are. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> I was just like, this is my year. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> two hotties, you know. But um, but it got complex because yeah. what do you do? She want, you know, it's someone new and exciting. She wants to get to know them better, and you have to divide the time up to do so. Gosh, the yeah. time. And also after a minute, I was like, hot damn, this is expensive dating. Two absolutely. Girls. <laughs> absolutely. Oh my god. You know, I yeah. am a business owner. Mm-hmm. I'm a small business owner <laughs> yeah somebody take me out please yeah. Uh-huh. yeah exactly yeah you gotta you have to have a lot to give but you know? i do i'm always For someone sure. that has felt like um i like i don't just want to take other people's word for it i want to find out if it's something i want to try it for myself and see how i feel about it yeah. you know mm-hmm. and so with that i was like you know i've never thought of myself as someone who could be in a thruple but 
the opportunity has presented itself. Let me try it out. Tried it out for a little bit. What quickly happened is like feelings developed uh, much quicker one direction than the other direction. Right. Mm-hmm. Not that I wasn't attracted to both girls, but just some nat- very natural feelings developed. And then, you know, eventually it was just Maria and I. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, I feel like I gave it a shot. I did. There's a lot of, um, let's see. When, I think when I was 26, I started getting more exploratory with sex. And, like, kind of the big first part of that was I need to not judge myself about it. I'm just trying mm-hmm. stuff out. How do I know what I like if I don't try something out? If I'm someone who very um, actively does not want to take, like, the media's description of how things should be, how I should feel about things, you know? Mm-hmm. Let me try it out and see how it is. And a big part of that is not judging yourself during that trial process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not feeling like a complete piece of shit, you know? Uh, yeah, because there's, there's nothing... I'm trying to, How do I know if I'm into it if I don't ever try it? Yeah. You know, why would I take someone else's word for it? They don't have my life experience at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. And, like, knowing that you have to tear down a lot of, like, mindsets that people have been taught. Um, where... So, right now, you do a private practice? Yes. Okay. Uh, is that... Do you just do that? No. I also teach sex education for a local nonprofit here in Austin called Unhushed. Okay. Unhushed? Yeah. Okay, cool. What can you tell us a little bit about them? So Unhushed is a fantastic or- organization ran by one of the um, world's renowned sex educators called Dr. Karen Rain. Um, is that Rain like raindrops or R A Y N E? Cool. Dr. I hadn't heard Karen of her. I would really like to look her up. Yeah, and okay. she is one of the um, like I said world-renowned sex educators. Um, she's had Unhushed going for about 20 years now, but it's only been a nonprofit, um, maybe almost two years. Yeah. Um, and we've been teaching under the nonprofit for that. And cool. we teach um, elementary, middle, high school, and college-age students. Um, and it's fascinating. I wrote wrote and published my first book through them. Um, I know. I tell you, we all want to do it. Incredible. You That's did incredible. it. Like. Okay, okay, okay. We'll let you go. And that was that was exciting and exhilarating. Um, we published or started it and published it all in four months. Um, so it was a Jesus. crash course, and we had a training coming up, and we're like, we should do a book for it, and we did. Um, but did it, did it start off as like here, like let's make it sort of like an ops manual for this thing, and it turned into a book, or you guys knew you wanted to well, like create? A- it's a manual, so okay, okay, the manual okay. then turned into a series. Like it's a called an introduction to sex education. That's cool. the primary. Cool. The one I wrote is an introduction um, for mental health practitioners. Okay. Um, so mine's geared to them, and it. Um, she wrote the first part and it's like little snippets about sex mm-hmm. ed topics mm-hmm. um, that they can learn and then my part is like there's 30 handouts they can use in session with like couples and teens and groups and individuals on different topics mm-hmm. um, and after our book um, we found out how to translate that into other manuals mm-hmm. so um, the one for nurse practitioners is going to come out um, and it's going to mirror all the other books so the n- nurse practitioners will focus on medical providers and um, creating an inclusive space mm-hmm. and, um, and all of our we just version two of my book um, just came out and we redid everything and made sure everything including all of our curriculum was um, intersex language inclusive cool. so we had people look over it for us and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, edit it That's for awesome. us which is was fantastic. That's so cool. So we have that one coming out. We have one for foster care workers coming out. And then the one in a couple of years will be the youth correctional mm-hmm. um, ones that will come out eventually. So she's always looking for co-authors for the new manuals, um, which is exciting. <laughs> and yeah, we have... 
our ones here we primarily do middle school um it's the sweet spot we go into um, some elementary schools high school is more difficult because they have to drive themselves wait okay uh, so unhushed you go unhushed unhushed darling um unhushed so do you go into schools or do the people come to you so we do it both ways we go in mostly into private schools because it's texas so we can't go into public schools um, okay um we mostly go into private schools but then we hold a community class each year where um people all over the community can um bring their kids in that's okay. what i was doing right before this podcast no shit um that's and cool. we do that on a sliding scale so mm-hmm. basically whatever mm-hmm. people can pay they can that's take that community class yeah. and the private schools help us be able to um offer that for lower costs which is really fun um okay so what is it like to be educating school kids right now I think it's fantastic. I love teenagers. So you love teenagers. I think teenagers Said are no great. One ever except for Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I think teenagers are great if they're given space to um, know themselves and explore, and like they're spoken to like adults mm-hmm. with topics, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like not going into it like thinking that they know nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have should, phones. Yeah, yeah, yes. they know. Yeah. And a lot of it is like dispelling things mm-hmm. they found online. Got it. Uh, <laughs> but like they know more than what people think they do. Yeah. So, like, and I'm seeing, like, each year I've done it, because I've been teaching with Unhushed since 2015. So, each year I've done it with middle schoolers, like, their knowledge around um, sexual orientation and gender, which we have two separate classes on both, um, is much more vast than the year before them. I was wondering about, I have that question in here, like, what are the kids like? Because as I have thought of younger kids, you know, I'll think of them maybe potentially, like, a little bit less than Mm. what they're actually bringing. And then I've met younger kids, right? We talk about how we met um, volunteers at Out Youth talking mm-hmm. to kids about entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, and all they did was blow my mind. Like, yeah. just complete. They are, they f- they're already so on it. Yeah. Like, they know all the shit you think that you might be too. They know a lot yeah. of it. I mean, yeah. so yeah. many of them are actually taking advantage of the wealth of knowledge that is already out there and the, like, liberties, like, the, you know, how lucky we are to live in a, in a time that this stuff is on TV. It's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. on the internet. It's in politics. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so different from our experience because I think we got just the end of that like I had a pretty forward-thinking school um our sex ed was pretty um thorough we did not uh um talk really about abstinence so much it was actually about being safe and we talked about STDs and 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 all this but we we didn't have that visibility of intersex of you know gender fluidity of orientation there was that much visibility of intersex when we were in school there wasn't we I we caught just I think the end of that of, of not seeing that in school and to know that that's it's possible to teach that. I don't yeah. even remember my sex ed. I was trying to... to like, I know that they totally. they spoke a lot about yeah. abstinence because I am from Texas. Yeah, all right. And I went to a public school. There's, but I'm like... I think it was like a 30-minute thing one oh, time. I, oh, my gosh. I swear at my... I swear. I vividly remember the period the one way more in fourth grade. And like, <laughs> I, I was someone who almost when I was 19 I almost died of kidney failure mm-hmm. from a UTI mm-hmm. that was untreated because our like our health class was so uncomprehensive I did not know what was ha- I thought yeah. I was having a bad period yeah you know to the point that it almost killed me which yeah. is crazy like I ended up in a hospital you know yeah um so I <laughs> yeah what are the kids like 
<laughs> you know? Most places, most public schools, especially in Texas and where I'm, I was from in Kentucky, do abstinence. Um, then they may have a better version, the big quotations around that, called abstinence plus. And oh, that's geez. just mean where they can't talk about condoms. Because abstinence only means they can't talk about condoms. Really? But abstinence plus means then you can talk about like where to get them and I stuff. don't think we talked about condoms in our, in our health. We I don't did. Because I feel like we, I would have remembered a condom rolling over a banana in real life. And no, I can they can't only... bring it in. Oh, my They can't Christ. bring it in. We'll stay, say that unless they contract out. Like okay, some okay. schools can contract people to come in and talk mm, about it. They can get a, like a consultant or a contractor yeah. to come have this discussion uh, with the children. Yes. Because it's not them. Yeah. Okay. And it Jeez. takes the liability it's off of them a lot. It's a third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my school in Kentucky in um, 2006, I think, when I had this class, it was like abstinence only. So they actually brought a pro-life group in. Um, to teach and we had a I remember the shirts I got because it was when MySpace was the big days Um, and I got a purple shirt and it said my stuff is made for one and like I would wear it every day after I had sex the night before I'm like no no, they did and one teacher caught on to it (laughs) and she's like had a good night Ryan she goes good for you and like stop it and we had they showed us like diseased genitalia yeah holy shit no we they showed us diseased junk and actually it was a whole course and it was a requirement it was yeah. called health class and you yeah. had to take it the whole year yeah health yeah. was a credit yeah yeah and but it was all about SCDs, uh you know how to know that you have them like that was such a thing it, they really made you feel like it's okay just if anything's going on with your junk go to the go get yeah. checked you know and be safe use condoms um uh contraceptives are not uh, you know, don't prevent STDs. Keep that in mind. And then uh, a lot to do with substance abuse and a little bit of mental illness. So I think most schools don't do that. That's like most schools, I think, show the disease and tell you and be like, this is what's going to happen. So if you have sex, this is what will happen if you and have sex. And it goes up astronomically if you have sex with more people. And I think that's the big thing. And that's the big thing about Unhushed is that when we teach it, it's no fear-based. So we don't have any of those types of photos. And it's all discussion-based. So after every unit, we or lesson we have it's all discussion questions and we mm-hmm. like take it in and like mm-hmm. um, what did you learn from this and we have like driven questions That's for really it cool. so they can all like discuss it and it brings it back to like them needing to discuss it and just needing a space mm-hmm. to discuss it yeah most safe questions space. yeah mm-hmm. and we do an anonymous question box at the end of um, every class and read it at the beginning of the next class and we cool. read our rule is we will read anything that comes out of that Absolutely. box and answer anything with the exception of it's about our personal sex lives totally. it's the only one we won't answer Um, and they usually love it and like parents are always so worried they're like so you're going to teach them how to have sex I was like not no. quite. <laughs> well, someone puts in the anonymous question box, like, how do you have anal sex safely? That mm-hmm. will be something that will That's be answered. That's definitely in. to be addressed. Because we, yeah. it's not built into the actual curriculum, but if a student asked it in the anonymous question, they obviously need to know the answer. Absolutely. Um, so then, mm-hmm. therefore, it becomes developmentally appropriate at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and we answer it always in a developmentally appropriate age mm-hmm. uh, or a developmentally appropriate way. Absolutely. Um, and like appropriate to the age. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we focus on different things, like the elementary elementary school um, curriculum is all about like just knowing your body and like knowing the words for your body mm-hmm. so it doesn't really go into the more technical things it's mm-hmm. like calling everything like dispelling like the winky and the hoo-ha and mm-hmm. shit like that and like actually giving them the words just anatomy for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah okay got you and totally. then um the middle school is all about um 
what you would think of more like traditional sex ed. So we have like the anatomy and physiology lessons, Mm -hmm. but we also have a lesson. All of our classes are two hours long and the middle school is I think 38 hours total. Um, So it's a lot of classes and- Gosh, I wish I could go. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Sit there and ask my questions. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what did you call that? I did. Okay, I did not keep going. Did but we you know? do <laughs> we do things more than just like um, what people would think sex related. So we do it sexuality education where it's like mm-hmm. encompassing of everything. So we go over media, like um, how to critically think about media, um, gender biases in media, racial biases in media, body biases in media. So we have a class just on that. Mm-hmm. And we have gender as its own class and sexual orientation as its own class to show that they're not the same. Like mm-hmm. they may be like friends who hold hands and um, frolic down the sidewalk, but they're not the same. And um, dispel all that. And then we have a relationship unit, which is three two hour classes. And one is like relationships one on one, introducing mm-hmm. healthy, unhealthy. And then we go into communication. How do you communicate? And the last class is all about healthy, how to ask someone out and break up with someone in a healthy way. Amazing. Uh, yeah. That's incredible. Wow. When I was. I need to take that class. When I was, I think. <laughs> literally, when I was, I think, 27, I broke up with someone for the first time. Same when I was. And I was sad about it for probably, like, felt bad and guilty about it for probably two years. Mm-hmm. I didn't date anyone for that. And all I did was feel sad about that I had broken up with. So I'd never broken up with anyone. I'd always been, like, either cheated on or broken up with, which was fine. I mean, I thought it sucked up to that time until I made the decision to break up with someone. And then I just oh, sat in that way shit. way better for, to be broken up with. I sat so in that shit sure. for a long time. It's almost a cop out, you know. Yeah, it's easier to process no, that. Yeah. Yeah, no real I mean, doubt. as someone who got broken up with it and still is not over it, it's well, still sure. not great. Well, but but, yeah. but it's like when you don't have control over it, you're like, no, it feels oh. shitty. It, but when it hurts but, to to break someone's heart, though. Yeah. I mean, that's what we teach in the class of like how to know when you feel like you're done, and that that will grow and change as you get more life experience. But mm-hmm. how can you do it in a way where? it holds the other person feelings, but you're still getting your thoughts and feelings across as well. Like we have all these like toxic examples, like for the asking out, we have them practice on each other. The breaking up, we do not. Um, yeah, video clips from like mm. um, famous movies and television shows. And it's really difficult to find healthy um, examples. Yeah, totally. Cause mostly you'll see dramatic examples, yeah. right? Sensational then, examples. But it's always fascinating how many of them, like of the unhealthy ones, people think are healthy. Like one of the ones we always show because it always creates such a big debate. A conversation, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is the breakup at the beginning of Legally Blonde between Warren and... Mm-hmm. Um, and he's such an idiot. Name. Yeah. And like, it's always a big debate on yeah. was it healthy or was it not healthy? It was like, oh, well, he took her out to a nice dinner and he's trying like to, um, like try to like pat it. Is, it. And yeah. other people are like, he's fucking thinking that she won't freak out. Yes. But that's like mm, the that's really fruitful discussion to see. And like totally, they discuss totally. it amongst themselves. And like at that point we are just facilitators and like holding the conversation to make sure it stays civil, mm-hmm. but allowing them to discuss it mm-hmm. amongst themselves. Debate, and usually yeah. they have that like aha moment, like, Oh yeah. And like the jokes that he said in the clip and why it was bad. Like, um, if I'm, I need a Jacqueline and not a Marilyn. And like saying that cultural context joke mm-hmm. about what that means and like showing them all that and then showing more clips um, and like seeing that aha moment. And then usually the one that just either pisses people off or just crushes people's um, world is when we show it's a clip from the original Star Wars movie. 
and Leia is in like she's working on I, I don't know any of this stuff I'm a star I'm a Trekkie not a Star Wars person <laughs> okay okay um, so Leia is working on the ship I do know that character and Hans <laughs> came in and Han, Han, Han Solo just Han Han Solo Hans has come to visit Leia <laughs> <laughs> so Han came in and he like um, starts talking to her and she turns around and basically pushes her into a corner and like gets close to him mm-hmm. and then like kisses um, her but then like C-3PO the gold one mm-hmm. the, the robot guy, yeah. came in and like interrupted him and she like runs off and like that's um, considered one of the most romantic scenes of all time and like when we talk about it and like talk and about that- body language and her going back mm-hmm, but like back yeah but mm-hmm. then when they kissed like she did put her hands on the shoulder but not in a pushing way um yeah, method. yeah so we get yeah. to talk about like consent and like the nuance and all that. yeah picking, so, so you get to use your specialty in nonverbal communication there to discuss yeah. with the kids i think it's a subtlety that so many people miss yeah because yeah. we all talk in the relationship section like unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. we all think they're like they're obvious unhealthy in some ways like mm-hmm. abuse in some way yeah. which is obviously unhealthy but then we always talk about the nuance of yeah, it very mm-hmm. subtle um, ways people abuse people yeah so we show them a model that um karen created with um sam killerman called the columns and shadows um model and it's um columns are healthy shadows are unhealthy um and we base it on rest so it's respect equality safety and trust are the columns of a relationship that's great and we talk about like how all of them aren't always super obvious like some of them can be more nuanced so like a um a column a shadow of trust would be i need to look at your look through your phone so i know i can trust you here you can look through mine too (laughs) and a column would be like i don't need to look through your phone to know i can trust you yeah and like the nuance of that like a lot of people experience the shadow version and in that a lot of people who say that may not know they're doing something unhealthy yeah. totally, because it's something totally. that's taught. It's very regular. Yeah, yeah. it's can. Yeah, it's con- it's considered like, oh, if he's not hiding anything, I should be able to look at his phone. T- what is it like? Uh, Andre three thousand has a song about leaving his phone up and open in a room with uh, with uh, not Shani, with Erica Badu, leaving his phone out and open in a room and not stressing the fuck out because she's in there. You know? Yeah. Like like, do you have that kind of trust? Yeah. 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 And that's so crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that. That has to be something that you worry about, you know? Like, well, but it I should be the standard not to. I think uh, probably, I think, you can tell us, I think if you're a young person, I think, like, the phone plays into the relationship a bit more. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think about, I, Maria leaves her phone out, she knows the password to my phone, I don't think about it. I'm also not being shady on my phone because yeah. what I learned, like, I don't know, maybe like six or seven years ago is I just don't have the effort to be shady in my relationship. What I would rather have, I had some lovely girl um, pay for me to take the landmark courses. Have you, you've, mm-hmm. have you heard of those? Okay, great. Yeah. I took landmark one and two. And what I learned is, yeah, I would rather have, I would rather be being authentic so that I'm actually like. Uh, aligning myself with the experiences and opportunities I want to have mm-hmm. versus altering who I am for people around me or lying and then ending up like wherever those experiences take me. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I, you mean, at a certain point, you just can't keep up with it. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. yeah. I have a bad memory. So yeah. <laughs> sorry. This yeah. is it. If I'm being shady and you're like, what'd you do again that holiday? I'll be like, oh, shit. <laughs> It's over, you know, like, and that's true. The the very infrequent times Maria has ever like, I don't know, maybe she's felt like she's wronged me or like something, something has happened while come up while she's away somewhere. It'll be like the first thing she says in the conversation, you know. She'll be like, 
Hey, maybe I kiss this girl. And I'll be like, yeah, maybe that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> because I want there to be like any, like, I like, can't keep it in. I can't, and, and I know that I won't. And instead of being like, you know, seeming like I'm omitting information or I'm yeah. lying, like, I'd rather just tell you right away, get that out there, even though that's a really awkward way to start a conversation. Yeah. But that's just what I know right now. I'll work on that. Tell you. I just remember being dumber than these kids are when I was in school. Like, we totally were. We had less access is, to things, and like, we truly, were like a lot truly. more things were censored to us so yeah. like but I feel like every generation feels like that and it's, Do you think? it's just like your access to technology mm-hmm. and usually every generation has a problem with the younger generation like the parents now are like tell them why social media is bad and I'm like no yeah. Um, <laughs> like we're gonna talk about like how to critically use social media and mm-hmm. to think about what you're viewing mm-hmm. um, which is something they're not being taught and, totally. um, and that's usually the one where I see them like struggle on the most of like um, thinking about the media they're consuming critically Mm -hmm. but they can do their own search and more often than not it's when you get to STI section where Mm -hmm. it's like more miscommunication yeah Um, but I would say if we embrace kids and their technology use um, it's going to be much more impactful in the future because it's not going away right Um, so like embrace the technology use not be relying on it but like just embrace it and teach them how to do it Mm -hmm. but it's difficult because um, of the older generations who um, lived most of their lives without technology having kids who've never had not had technology it's like two different worlds Mm -hmm. and like it's for the longest time it was that generation teaching Mm -hmm. the younger generation mostly the millennials yep um, us how to use technology which which they it, didn't know how to teach yeah, how to use technology because exactly. they didn't have it. So now we're at the point where a generation who can remember a time without it mm-hmm. and most of their developmental years with it, mm-hmm. um, how to use it. And I feel like that's a better connection. Not saying that old people can't teach it. So, yes, I think the kids are great. <laughs> the kids are great. Yeah, they're awesome. That's good. Um, what are, what's the, what's, uh, before I ask you a good one, what do you feel like the biggest, what are the biggest roadblocks for you teaching sex ed? What feels like the hardest thing? What feels like the thing you keep coming up against? Is there anything like that? I say I don't think so. Thankfully, yeah, really? I don't have to set up these classes because totally. the organization does it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people who come to us are usually excited mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Like the ones in the community class obviously want their kids mm-hmm. to be in it. And then we always have a parent orientation so they um, can tell what we're doing. Gotcha. Um, the ones that usually concern, I don't know if concerns, that give has that gives pause. Totally. The biggest is in the middle school class we do a condom buying field trip mm-hmm. where like towards the end we actually take them all to a Walgreens and send them in two by two and they buy a box of condoms and a snack. Oh my gosh. And then we go back to the classroom and we have four different stations um, set up of like what loops can go with particular condoms, what can you feel Amazing. through a condom. Yeah. I know. Because yeah. your condom is no longer useful if you're using like yes. a silicone based lubricant. Yeah. Oh my that's god. That's incredible. Have all the lubes and baby oil, or if it doesn't fucking fit, yeah, Yeah, and then like it's no good, right? How big can you get it? Like dispelling myths about condoms can't get big, and like what can you feel through it? And then we have penis models of how to actually put a condom on. Yeah, that one they're usually the most paused. Um, and that, like, they want their kids to have it, but they're like, we don't know if our kid is ready. And you're like, trust me, they're already dead. They are. Yeah, And I'm like, are. it's probably better for middle school than high school to have it. And they usually love it. That's usually, usually when we tell them the day of, they're, like, terrified. Totally. They're like, 
No. I know how many yeah. kids like just yeah. freak out yeah. and don't. They freak I mean, I can't. I can't remember how many of my girlfriends in college. Because I've never. I just let's see. I I grew up being like very like uh like everything I was doing was wrong. All the people around me were always telling me what I was doing wrong. So quickly I was like, let's not fuck what anyone thinks of me. So a lot of my friends in college were like, oh my god, I need you to go buy Plan B for me. You know, and I'd be like, yeah, whatever, no problem. I don't give a shit. You know, I don't care what the Walgreens or the people in line think of me. It doesn't matter. I'll get you some Plan B. And so my mom one time was like. Hey, I went to Walgreens and used the thing, like the uh, they have like a loyalty app or whatever. I don't know. And I think she took. She was like, "We buy a lot of Plan B." And I was like, "Gosh!" And then I had to have that conversation with her. Where I was like, "It's not for me. I swear to God, it's buying it for my friends. Yeah. And did yeah, you believe me? Right. I don't know. I don't I even buy it. I don't. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I can save 35 cents on this? All right. This is 40 bucks. Let's go. <laughs> I also like to tell people about that you can buy a three pack of Plan B on Amazon. It's much cheaper. Go for it. And that's usually the pushback we get. Like, why can't we just order these yeah. on Amazon? Yeah. And I'm like, you're like, because you'll need them in the moment. And I'm like, there may be a situation where you need to know how to buy them. And like, they're usually terrified before. And they're like, uh, no, it's so no. So and like, funny. before we take them to the store, we'll be like, okay, how old do you have to be to buy cons in um, Texas? Most places, there's not an age limit, so literally, like, oh, I was do like, they ever get? I was gonna say, what is that age? So, so yeah, and that's them. one thing we say beforehand. We prep them and be like, okay, if someone asks you why you're buying condoms, what are some things that you can say? Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, we can tell the truth. And I'm like, yeah, and you can outright lie. Totally, like, it doesn't you matter. You don't like, owe that person anything. Yeah, I'm like, it's your right to say like whatever <laughs> you want. And so sometimes they get pushed back. Some of the Walgreens around the city know us now. Um, like when. Six when they watch a couple kids, yeah. (laughs) And my favorite one was we were in a Walgreens downtown, and we've had some workers come out be super pissed at us before. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but this worker was more mortified than anything. Um, she goes in, (laughs) it's hilarious, and she comes out. Um, she's in the middle of the group, she turns the corner and she looks at me in my um. Uh, co-facilitator and she goes in your white van no I'm kidding <laughs> and she goes y'all are in trouble <laughs> and I was like okay and then like 30 seconds later a worker just spins uh, out of the exit and she goes who's with these kids and I was like oh, that would be me yeah. and I was like yes and I was like it's four class and then they're like Okay. Yeah, they're like, I don't believe you, but yeah. keep talking. We'll see. And yeah. I'm like, that's the only time we have like an unhushed badge that we only, I only take to Michael's with me to get the educated discount. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but I bring it with me on those days to show them. So they go in and I look at the girl and I was like, so tell me what happened. How was the experience for you? What she did was masterful. Yes. And I love Kids her. Kids are death. brilliant. Kids like, are brilliant. This was methodically thought out before she went in. She got a box of condoms. A f- like one single shrink wrap cucumber, which I did not w- know Walgreens sold, <gasps> and then some candy, and sh- set them out, boom, 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 on the conveyor belt. And she looks at the guy in the eye as he's checking her out and says, "It's gonna be a fun night." No. And then he's with her shit, and that's when she says, "Y'all are gonna be in trouble." And I start busting out laughing, and she throws away Bitch. the cucumber, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" She goes, "Why would I eat a cucumber from Wal- Walgreens?" <laughs> Gross. I was like, all right. That is so good. She's like, 
Talk to me about a good Thursday, huh? Yeah. That's probably my favorite. It sounds Candy like something shoes. my best friend Candy Devin would have done at the time. condoms, I'm there. She was like, oh, Clueless, <laughs> I'm there. Yeah. So going back to the kids are great. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. But other than Roblox, that. I don't think so. In schools who bring us in, they obviously they want They want there. you there. Yeah, they're obviously a little more sex pro. Yeah. yeah. And we do parent nights for those schools as well because we want parents to be able to like mm-hmm. ask questions mm-hmm. and everything. So that's a requirement of ours. Um, because we don't want a parent like to freak out mm-hmm. um, that they didn't know. Mm-hmm. So we always hold those nights. So is there anything currently in the curriculum that you feel um, is not being discussed enough? Or is there something that uh, like you feel like they're actually stopping you from? I'm talking about from and, the organization or well I was about to say you can give us perspective from because like obviously you work for like a very open organization you can give us perspective from like what you're seeing or hearing from the kids in school you know mm-hmm. what I mean I mean I think they all need to be talked about more like this is like it's supposed to all be built on throughout life so it'd be nice if like we went into schools where they can get them elementary all the way through high school because they all build on each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it'd be yeah. nice that way yeah. and some schools do have us whatever's appropriate in. at that yeah y'all don't Blindness. do any of it separate by like gender no right? that was my requirement as yeah. i won't separate the identity excellent i think um, that they should be like teaching like i'm saying quote unquote boys because whatever like about periods when they're young oh my because gosh. like the yes. like the amount that like men are appalled by periods yeah. mm-hmm. it was nice. conditioned from that first time of like they pull the girls out and it's yeah. so hush hush and don't talk to the boys yes, about yes, it yes and, yes yes ugh. I was about to say that when they is... pulled us apart and I was like I had no idea what the boys learned and they were like we have no idea and we we're like we learned about periods and there was just no cross conversation yeah. about it and yeah. that's probably going back to your question maybe one of the most hesitant pushbacks we get from schools or not of like should we separate mm-hmm. and it's always like no like they're going to interact with people in their lives around yeah. different um, biology, yeah, which is totally. why we also teach intersex as well. Because mm-hmm. um, you're going to interact. It may not be your um, biology, but sometimes you're going to interact. Like, you're probably going to teach them to interact with the opposite biology. They should probably know about each other. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's and Karen thankfully was like from the get go. Like I was like, that's my one requirement, and she was like, yeah, I would never cool. separate them. Because me as a kid, when I was taking those classes never connected with the boys in my class so I was like yeah. always like in the background yeah. like I'm not gonna say anything mm-hmm. but if it was with gender girls, is I'd bullshit yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah it is so yeah. it's like having those free conversations and like showing them that it's a safe space to mm-hmm. be able to ask questions and stuff which is why one of the first question one of the first activities we do in the very first class is a language game where they separate into groups and I give them a biological term and they think of as many synonyms as possible cool no matter what mm-hmm. it's a hilarious game yes. um, to play and like it's to show them that they can say anything in front of me and I'm not gonna cringe mm-hmm. and I'm always like you guys are probably never gonna say yeah. anything that I have never heard and if you do totally. I'll get really excited and appreciative to like learn something new. there's so <laughs> many Yeah, there's so many unsafe spaces you have to teach that you can't even just tell them it's a safe space. You have to teach them by um, experience that it's a safe space. Yeah. Yeah, to interact with you. I'm like, you need to bring whatever language you can um, to this class. Like, I'll always use biological, scientific terminology. But, like, if you don't know a word for a particular thing, Mm -hmm. use what Mm -hmm. word you know. It's the most neutral, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, and we play that in the parent orientation with the adults. Mm-hmm. And, do you? Yeah. How do the adults take it different than the, how the kids take it? Well, the adults are usually like, my kid is not going to want to do this. <laughs> and it usually loosens them up in the first day of classroom. Like, your parents played it, and their eyes get really big, and they're like, oh, my God, did they win? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Gold fun. Star. And it's, 
always fun to see like the different like you see like the more old school terminology from the parents and like totally, the totally. totally. <laughs> and that's probably usually how I stay up. Wait, on the what's new one. what's some old school terminology that parents give you? Like anything you've been saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably one that we do. Because oh, no. we play one later on in the contraceptive class called Ringer Ringaroo and Doodle Dasher 2. And we separate them to vaginal sex, anal sex, fellatio, and Yes! And oh we my have God. terms throughout um, history for those things, and they have to get in groups and, and figure out what them. the terms are. Oh! Yeah. And it's fun and it's to dispel, like, people have been talking about sex. Like, you always hear adults say, like, oh, that wasn't talked about when I was younger. I was like, yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was just called like going like a herd of turtles, mm-hmm. or yodeling in the canyon of love, oh um, or a gorilla in the god. washing machine, oh. or pearl diving, or so something like, like that. Oh my yeah. god! So it's pearl necklace, colloquialisms for the or like of the time to euphemism of the time for the. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, Timothy, and we have I the can't. year where it was created and stuff. Shut and it's up. A when great was activity. when was yodeling in the what do you say? Um, yodeling in the canyon of yeah. love. Yeah. I don't have that you one. You just made me sad. That's hilarious. I love that. We were. I was editing that lesson plan, and I was in a bar in Toronto. Uh, with my husband um, sitting and like, hashtag I got public to school. it. <laughs> <laughs> and, hashtag uh, tash, I was tax paramount. I was neighbors at the strip club. It was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like l- looking over the words for the first time because it was when we were building the lesson plan uh-huh. and the pearl diver came up and I was literally sitting in the pearl diver. Shut up. And I like look at the bar and I look down and I'm like, You're like what's happening right and now? I go up yeah, to the bartender and I'm like, hello. <laughs> I heard like, to tell you. And I was like, is the owner around? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, she is. And she comes out and she knew it. Yeah. Like she Googled names for bars and that's why she named it the Dope. Pearl Diver. Which oh my God, I love that, that so much. That's, that's amazing. Because I think you said you knew that your specialty was going to be in sex. Well, I, my specialty for therapy was always going to start in sex therapy, but then I moved to working with teens and mm-hmm. you can't be a sex therapist with teens. Yeah. Uh-huh shady um so i went to and i call myself an identity therapist so cool um, that's what I that's yeah that's myself. really cool i call myself an identity therapist and a sexual health therapist for mm-hmm. teens mm-hmm. um because of course it's going to come up mm-hmm. and i teach a lot of workshops for other professionals on like sex education in um uh, in session because mm-hmm. there's going to be times where teens say something wrong mm-hmm. and you actually need you to, to stop and like educate them on that got it like if a teen comes up and be like oh yeah I just flipped the condom inside out you need to stop the conversation oh, mm-hmm. and actually educate Address them it. on yeah. that yeah and then and when they're like I washed it out it's fine <gasps> and it's like wow. no it's not <laughs> so being able to take off the um, therapist hat in session with yeah, teens yeah, yeah. a lot of the times yeah, yeah. um, and how to do that um comes up whenever you work with teens and every teen therapist I've ever worked with says that sex comes up at some point. I mean, we. I think we were all teens. I'm pretty sure we were all teens. Um, I was not born this age. And, <laughs> like, I, what, like, 90% of what you're thinking about is some other person's body, probably. Yes. What you want to do. It's just sex. It's 100%. just all sex. Yeah, so you were like, it's probably going to come up. It's definitely going to come up. With, yeah. If you're having authentic conversations with teens, it's going to come up. Yeah. Yeah. And answering it in a way and educating in a way where it doesn't take away from the therapeutic framework. Totally. And it doesn't feel shaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of people, the only tools they know how to talk to people about sex, especially younger people about sex, it's in like a shaming, like guilt ridden mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that person's fault. It's how we 
been how we've taught. been trained to talk, like, talk our about health sex classes. Yeah, 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 we've yeah, yeah, been yeah. talking about and TV shows and the yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh well, maybe you shouldn't be doing that. You're a yeah. little young. Stormy Daniels is a whore. Stormy Daniels is someone who has a job, and, yeah. the, and the president hired her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, that's what happened. I've known a lot of therapists who've um, ther- the kid who flipped the condom out was not a client of mine. It was another therapist client yeah. um, who we consulted with, and um, and they were like, oh, like I was saying that they're probably too young to start having sex, and I'm like, they just told you they flipped a used condom inside out, so that um, ship so they're sailed. having sex. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. You're probably not gonna get them to stop. Once they start. Yep. Cause yeah. Because we, we all know about how good that feels. Uh-huh. <laughs> Ryan, thanks for talking to us. You've been fucking, one, a blast, two, extremely educational. I feel like this was the health class I didn't have. <laughs> um, what do you hope to see in the future of sex ed? And I can ask you that for public education. Um, I don't know if you want to split it up, but like for public education, I know you do a lot of private schools mostly, you know, so what do you, what do you hope to see that's different so that kids can have less confusion as they transition into adults? I mean, I would love to, um, get into public schools and I just wish that it's all just more comprehensive, mm-hmm. um, and that they're teaching everything because, yeah. um, AISD here in Austin had a big battle of their new sex ed curriculum and the only way they got it in was to remove the LGBTQ topics. Shut up, for real? Yeah. Wow. And so it would be nice if everybody had it more um, comprehensive yeah. so like we write our curriculum that was not the word that's what I mean by my- <laughs> he said he was a lightweight <laughs> we gave him a whole one ounce of whiskey and it was I've been hot since the first day <laughs> like my cheeks um, but I thought you looked a little blue <laughs> focusing but yeah. um, that's why we write ours on more of a European model um because it's more comprehensive that way. Um, and I would like to see it more go that way because the we've translated our curriculum into Spanish um, for Spain and Mexico. So we've had translators translate it into a um, basic Spanish and then translate um, the handouts for mm-hmm. um, Spain and Mexico. And cool. we're also in um, simplified, simplified Chinese and cool. starting Turkish soon. Um, and it's flourished over there when they started teaching them um, because... It just, People want to know this. Yeah, yeah, but here we're still really scared of it. I, um, I spent the weekend with a bunch of uh, my manufacturers are uh, by uh, ethnicity. I think they're Israeli and Italian, but both of the like both of the parents of the it's four brothers that own a business. Um, they all spoke French. Mm-hmm. Their family they all they grew up in France. And, um, you know, they talked about just how prude the U.S. is with sex and stuff. Yeah. And bodies specifically, Mm. you know, versus literally the rest of the world, but definitely Europe. Yeah. And that's showing that that's what it does is comprehensive sex that it makes people more relaxed with talking about it Mm -hmm. because it's a natural human thing. And it would be nice if parents start teaching little kids like penis and vulva because totally. um, that's usually the thing that blows people's minds and I'm like usually if you're talking about the vagina you're probably talking about the vulva mm-hmm. wait which part's the vulva the external genitalia yes. is it really the yeah. holy just shit I thought the vulva was inside all right cool oh my <laughs> tell me more all right we're gonna have a pop quiz after this pubis mons 
And that's usually what blows people's minds. Straight up, I legit thought the vulva. I want to say I thought the vulva like uh, what is it, like the uvula in the throat. You know, right? Isn't it called the uvula? Yeah, it's yes. the uvula. Yeah, like I want to say the. Vul- I thought like the vulva was just like a larger uvula inside your vagina. Great. Now we learn something. How many, how many vaginas have you been in? I like three tops. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not a lot. You're like I can't find your uvula down here. <laughs> Hey, can you sing a note real quick? I'm sure leave you up. If I heard that in the class, I'd die. <laughs> just laughing. So There's so a reason much. I think teachers push me through school quite quickly. <laughs> like, we can't teach anything when you're in the class. But it would be nice to dispel those myths that yeah. people have and yeah. just make people more comfortable <laughs> about it. Because if we can, like, tell a child what, like, eyes, nose, mm-hmm. ears, we can mm-hmm. also say penis and vulva. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, they're... And we teach that in the class of, like, different experiences through uh, menstruation. And, like, they're not all created the same. And um, I used to be teaching my co-facilitator. I was a therapist, and she was a public health, master's in public health. So it was a fantastic partnership. But we talk about that. And, like, like, it's also dispelling the myths of, like, not everybody's created the same. Because then as people get older, I think then people that aren't, um, born with a vulva mm-hmm. in a uterus and all that will understand like all menstruations like. are different totally. um, because now it's that common like oh it's just bleeding there's no pain it's fine and that's usually what the narrative is and mm-hmm. that if someone it, um, is saying it's very painful then they're just being dramatic mm-hmm. but dispelling those myths of that's why you mix the classes of all identities mm-hmm. moving forward mm-hmm. um, and that oh you mean that's why we shouldn't like separate people based on race and gender and color and blah 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 awesome yeah yeah and like getting to the point where then we can have like good people teaching it mm-hmm. cause like anybody can teach it like um mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of personal experience with the vulva um and as, <laughs> but I love that. the vulva never met her I don't know the vulva. <laughs> she sounds like a real nice lady <laughs> I have some personal experience but I know all about the ship schematics nice. like I can say where yeah. everything is but as yeah. anybody who asks I'm like just because you like know the schematics of the ship doesn't mean you know how to drive it no, no. <laughs> right. no. but I can yeah. point literally everything out for you yeah. but yeah. And the schematics vary from person to person, yeah. too. You're a like, little bit, or at least the scale. Yeah. You know, the scale does, for That's sure. a good thing to teach, too, though. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Well, that's so many women that I've slept with that are like, oh, I have, like, a weird vagina, and I'm like... I've seen a lot of them. It looks like a vagina. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it's pretty red, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's pretty, and they're like, it's this not, isn't like cute or like this. And I'm like, what do you mean cute? You think yeah. a guy's ever been like, my penis is cute. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got a cute ass dick. I'm looking for a cute ass hole. You know, like, it just doesn't, it's not that at all. Yeah, no, I've not. learned vaginas are like people and oh so gosh. are penises. It's like, we all are clearly human. Yeah. You know where the eyes are. You know where the nose is, the mouth is. But it's all different, different colors, different shapes, yeah. different sizes. Every and single piece is crazy different. And, it, and when I was 14 and having sex for the first time with women and, and being like, that doesn't look like my shit. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like, and literally being like turned off by it even. And then in time, like, like oh, 
you know, I actually, mine's kind of rare the way yeah. that, that it looks and, and this mm-hmm. is all normal and doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. And that's yeah. why during the anatomy and physiology class, we show them pictures of actual genitalia totally. that models have actually um, posed for us for these classes. Cool. Oh, that's cool. Nice. We put them side by side of vulvas that's to cool. show them the different coloring, the different hair textures, mm-hmm. and they get to see the differences. And then with penises, totally. like how um, they can look fa- vastly different from um, flaccid so to erect. Yes. And like the difference between circumcised and intact and yes. like um, how they look different. And then we have um, a couple models who did it where um, we took like um, rapid shots as they were getting erect. So you get to see it in all the process, especially with an intact penis and how That's it pulls amazing. back. How it's like that half, half like full. That's what we teach is like, and all that promotes body positivity. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, if like teaching, like you don't know what other people have like you don't know other people's genitalia and that's okay (laughs) can't tell by looking yeah don't assume that you do and don't like just make fun of other body parts because Mm -hmm. there's a big stigma and still a little bit but not as much for intact penises in um, our country but globally it's about 50 50 split of who has Mm -hmm. circumcised Mm -hmm. an intact penis now um it used to be a lot um bigger of a difference I i learned so much the people were learned so much Hopefully, you know, I mean, definitely you uh, shown some light on just uh, body positivity, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's it's very, you no, know, so. and, it, and it's like it's uh, it creates so much hope for me to know that the curriculum is, is so uh, forward thinking now. I had no idea. Yeah. You know, uh, wow. wow. How do you feel about the show sex education? I love, oh my God. Oh, it's so my good. God. It's so As a good. listener, what do you And it's so, it's really accurate. In this second season, I don't know if... I haven't, so I haven't seen it. I haven't I've watched it. I've already okay. seen well, it. I won't expose sex anything, sex. but she... Um, Gillian Anderson, who plays the mom. I love her. her. She is like She's one incredible. of my like, lady bays forever. She's amazing. Oh. She is amazing. She covered asexuality so yeah. well mm-hmm. in that. And like, I posted about it and like a lot of because people I know just cried because it was covered so totally, well. Totally, because... Ryan, thank you. I think we all learned an eternity of things. I am so glad that you reached out to Chris and we met you and this has been like the best. Okay. I thought Seriously. I thought this was a lot gonna be just like our other podcast we record and it's fun, but I feel like very touched and um so educated by you. Thank you. Good, thank you for awesome. having me. Yeah. yeah, thanks for coming. Yeah. Thank where you. so where are you going after this? You guys are moving out of Texas. You are moving or you're probably moving? Maybe, we don't know. Okay, you're maybe moving. Yeah, we're waiting to hear if he has a job uh, yet. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So for now you're in Texas, you're at Unhushed. Mm-hmm. And what's your private practice called again? Uh the one that I am, the coaching business that I'm keeping going is mm-hmm. called the Open Book Chat. Okay, the Open Book Chat. Yeah. Cool. So that's where we can find you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's our show this week. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Queer For It. You can send us an email at queerforitpodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website, queerforit.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Y'all, we are at like 30,000 downloads and there are people listening to us in 29 different countries. So thank you so much for what you're doing. And every time you rate and subscribe and leave a review, it matters a ton to us. Um, Tell your friends, families, coworkers, and everyone about us. Shoot us any questions or topics that you have or would like us to cover in the future. And until next time, we love you. So you should too. We love you. Love you. Bye, guys. Bye.